is going on Groovaholics. That song was Bird Song by Sam Kaiser and the Vagabonds. Sam Kaiser is our special guest on the show. And hey, let's just get right into it. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and I am very humbled to have Sam Kaiser on the show. Um, I don't know Sam very well, so we're really going to dive deep, get to know each other, talk a little bit about um, him and his band, The Wilderness Parties. So, um, Sam, yeah, glad to have you here. Thanks for having me, Ben. Absolutely. Absolutely. You play acoustic guitar, singer, songwriter, uh, any other instruments, or that's pretty much uh, 
that that's your forte? Well, I grew up playing jazz trombone, mm. but um, I, I love uh, playing music around a campfire. So I think the guitar. Perfect. Hey, campfire, you know, the, the feeling the air, feeling the, the world around us, the wilderness. T- talk a little bit about, you know, when I first met you, it was Sam Kaiser. And recently, I think you added and the wilderness party. Am I correct or am I mistaken here? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, that is true. Um, I have played in bands, um, Sam Kaiser and the Vagabonds and Sam Kaiser and the Offshift and uh, a band called Urban Lobster Claws in, in Southern California. But um, I was looking for a name that represents a group of people, but also that represents like my message because sometimes the people switch in a group, you know? Hmm. And uh, the Wilderness Party, I feel like, was pretty central to the things that I care about in my aesthetic. Awesome, awesome. Uh, let's talk about the Wilderness. You you mentioned a few names that were all kind of interesting, but can, can we dive a little bit deeper into the Wilderness Party? You say it, that's your aesthetic. You're very, um, you know, one with earth, the wilderness. Uh, you like hiking, camping. What um, ultimately... Yeah, what's your influence and inspiration with the name there and a little bit about who you are? Yeah, um, so the wilderness uh, in the Wilderness Party, uh, it does represent, of course, the great outdoors. I do love hiking, climbing, backpacking, all that stuff. Um, And it also represents um, the existential other, um, which is the area in the hero's journey that exists outside of our comfort zone, basically. Um, there's our comfort zone and the things we're familiar with. And then there's the wilderness and the wilderness. uh, The greatest example is of course, the actual wilderness. It is the easiest thing at helping us um, find a perspective for ourselves and our own um, kind of like being um, because it's something that is not us, but uh, anything that um, is functionally not us could be the wilderness. And add perspective to our own sense of self in that way. And because of that, I think the wilderness is very valuable, Um, both in the actual nature of the wilderness, but uh, I think the way that wilderness in terms of woods and nature functions is very similar to uh, it's the metaphor for its value is always very obvious. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And, you know, talking about the hero's journey, uh, Kind of a cliche I've always went with is, you know, no no joy comes without a little bit of pain. Mm-hmm. And you're going into the wilderness, you're putting in your yourself in an uncomfortable place that you get to experience things that we don't get in the courtesy of our home. Um, what's it felt like spending a little more time inside and a little more social distant than usual? Obviously, uh, the weather is turning around, so there's plenty of time to spend outside. Um, but has things changed now that you can't be out with your band and so on and so forth the way you uh, used to be? Yeah, I've found that um, the hardest part is that I don't write that many things in a vacuum. Like, hmm. um, there's just, it's just not the, I don't have that the brain motivation and the payoff of like playing for other people. Um, I don't uh, find the same content to like process and then bring back. You, you would think that just like completely coming into oneself and like being apart from everybody would be the best way to write songs potentially mm-hmm. or art. Um, but it's almost like it doesn't have the context. Um, I, I really like to, to live life and then, and then write about it. And I want to play for mm-hmm. people, you know? It's uh, it's it's hard to um, want to write music or play music when there's no one to play it for. Yeah, I can um, I can see it being a drain. I mean, no one wants to just stare at the wall when they're playing their new song. They want to get it out to the world and they want the inspiration. Um, so you find uh, a lot of times your inspiration comes from your experiences and your journeys, and uh, mm-hmm. ultimately that's kind of where your songwriting comes from. Yeah, um, it's like a form of processing my own life, but then trying to translate into something that has value and is like unifying and um, and provides clarity for myself and others. So like that song I just played was about 
that kind of lifestyle and a lifestyle that I value and it's an ode to them and also an invitation to others to join. Mm. Um, or like that song you played uh, even before that bird song. Um, yeah, bird song songs. Is, uh, that that's the song we have in the the intro here of the podcast. If you're w- watching live on uh, Facebook, you didn't get to see it, but listen mm-hmm. to the podcast afterwards. Um, RochesterGroovecast.com. You'll hear the whole thing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that track, bird song. Yeah. So um, that also is about personal experiences. Um, it's about like losing loved ones, um, mostly the. Um, I lost someone close to me and the lyrics are, if you dive into them, you can see it's a letter and it's a letter to those people we have lost, but the lyrics also functionally are a letter from those who are, have moved on back to us. And so somehow it goes both ways. Um, and that's another example. Um, but, uh, overall, um, I find that yeah, I'm, uh, I'd love to get around a campfire and play for some people again. <laughs> um, I, I've been asking this question, and I don't have the answer, but sitting around a fire 10 feet apart from each other, is that okay? I, I don't have an answer <laughs> to that, but I'm at a point where, you know, music's important to me, and I, I think we're all feeling the pain of not being able to go out and see some of our favorite musicians live, and sit around that campfire and play some tunes. It's a bummer, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, I'm not going to give the medical advice on if you can right. sit around a campfire. I know it's smoke. Uh, I don't think it even kills things. I don't know. I know that it warps guitars, but um, <laughs> uh, I think that you're just speaking again to like decisions that we have to make that are uh, innov- like new decisions that we're not like prepared to make and that that is the wilderness so in terms of like society changing drastically rapidly that was something that I was prepared and not very surprised by <laughs> I feel like I was looking to that just like waiting for something like this to happen for a while um, so in that way my life hasn't changed that much but um, I think people are going to start returning to the outside like uh, how quickly this has become the new normal and then people are already starting to be like well when do we get to move on Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of whether that's the correct choice or not, but people are obviously going to do this. Uh, it's not even like this calculus. It's more just like what they want, how much they want it versus how much they don't. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you straight up. I love the outdoors and I never spend enough time hiking or camping that I, I wish I could in an intimate setting. I go to a lot of music festivals, mm, but nice. that more intimate, way of experiencing nature is something that I know me and a lot of people I know that's exactly what we want to do that's exactly what we're doing now Um, there's kind of two things that are going to happen there's people that are they're going to throw big house parties because they don't care and there's people that are going to throw big hiking and camping trips because they're just dying to do something Um, and that's the pain I'm feeling uh, the the want to actually be social but still be safe and yeah. try to find a medium. Um, is there anything that's kind of changed in your life or inspired you given that your entire landscape of things and the media and everything's just so rapidly changing? Um, can you ex- uh, ask that slightly? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a rambler. Uh, in short, everything's rapidly changing. Um, Everything in the media is focused on ultimately one topic. Um, Like them or not, everyone was always focusing on the president. It's moved farther from him and more to Corona itself as a whole, the economy. So there's been a big shift. A lot of people are out of work. Mm. A lot of people are struggling and a lot of musicians don't get to play for live people. And, And I'm wondering if you've thought this through or had any experiences or any inspiration mm. uh, to do anything different to focus do you think there's something missing politically something missing in your life in america's life anything like that i know well, it's definitely. an existential question um well but- i definitely think things are missing in america's political and existential life um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i uh you know, I'm not sure what I'll, what I'll end up getting out of this time. I think that I think caring even less about what other people think is something that I've decided to do. Like I've been working on getting better at a video game that matters not at all 
because I want to and because I right. can. But without the shame of like I should be doing something that more people consider productive. Um, because like what a lot of people consider productive, I don't at all. Um, rooted in you know capitalism and many things that I don't consider productive in any way. Um, in terms of like, uh, I mean, I wanted to go to, uh, I, my plan was in Rochester to play a bunch of festivals this summer, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you're, um, tell me if I'm mistaken, you're from the area, but then you moved out to Colorado and now you just moved back recently. So you're kind of getting your feet wet again in the scene, right? I am from Washington, D.C. Okay. I'm from Maryland, a suburb of Washington, D.C. Gotcha. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that journey then. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up just a suburban kid and then I, uh, my parents were, my dad works for the government and I moved to Boulder and I was an environmental politics major there. I uh, loved environmental philosophy classes and I kept writing and writing about the, the, uh, the wilderness and its value and, but I wasn't actually going there. Hmm. I was just like talking and writing about it. And sure. I was like, and I was like, something's missing. Like, I can't figure it out what it is, but I'm not that helpful right now. Like, yeah, like solar panels are good, but not if like I fight with like my teammates who are trying to get the solar panels. I'm going to go, you know, do the journey. So I left and I became a camp counselor hmm. and then a tour guide in Yosemite and then a wilderness therapy guide in Durango. And, and then I um, wanted to focus on music. And I came to Rochester. My grandfather is from mm. here. And uh, I came to live with him. And um, I know about the Rochester music scene and to, to be a part of that. And um, yeah, it's been interesting what I found since I've, since I've gotten here. Um, and then, of course, now there are no shows. <laughs> <laughs> when, did you, when did you officially move to Rochester? Uh, I'd say Halloween. Okay. So you got the the fall winter feel where there's tons of live venues, live shows, but didn't get the the summer vibes with Lilac Festival party in the park and all the things that go on then. Um what what is your experience being been, you know, thus far though in, in that short time you've been gigging in Rochester a lot, right? Um yeah, I I had just started putting together like a band of actual people and had just played a show at B-Side and a show at uh, Temple and had another show. Yeah. I played a show at um, the Cottage Hotel in Menden <laughs> and just like getting her and excited to play more. But uh, you know, uh, you ever read Dune? No, I haven't. All right. So the main character in Dune has, has these superhuman powers where he, one of them is that he can, see all the futures potential possible futures uh laid out in front of him um on what looks like the surface of a tissue but then some places there are these divots that like block certain areas and stuff and it's like his future site and uh, that's how i approach uh coronavirus Hmm. (laughs) and that's something that i try to uh try to generate in my own life is um I think there are, are major changes that people don't like to think about, but as an environmental, like just through my whole life, uh, environmental major kind of person, I, I just uh, I tend to, to be drawn with my attention to those things rather than to shy away. Yeah, it's, I've, there's definitely a big cycle of birth and rebirth going on in, in humanity. And I, I'm not an expert. I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, Who is though? You know, that's the, that's the thing. Well, Anthony Fauci's an expert, right? <laughs> Anth- uh, Anthony Fauci. In- He's the enlighten me. director. Gotcha, gotcha. Dr. Fauci. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, I'm going way back to the start here, but when we first started talking, you name-dropped a lot of uh, different yeah. band names, Vagabonds, which is, uh, I love that. I forget the other ones, but... I kind of want to talk a little bit about, you know, the previous music you've done in the previous bands and some of your inspiration there. Did, did any of those band names, any of those experience stick out to you? Yeah, definitely. And we haven't even gotten to the second word in Wilderness Party yet. And I'm sure we'll oh. get there. But, but. Should uh, we go? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. In a band called Urban Lobster Claws. 
um, that I was in with a man named Ryan Hill, who is definitely an interesting artist. Um, Highly recommend. And uh, we, I had never written songs really. And I was just strumming on the guitar. Um, It took me a really long time in my life to start focusing on what I wanted to do rather than what I thought I should do. And this was part of that. I was working at this camp and he wrote songs and uh, I was like, Hey, I think I can write songs too. And I just tried it out and it was something that worked for me. And we formed a band, a campfire band called Urban Lobster Claws. So Lobster Claws are two metal hooks that you tie to a rope that are attached to a big rope that you tie through a harness. And I was a a lead ropes instructor at at this camp, Hmm. Uh, you know, zip line and the crows, the leap of faith. There was a song called the leap of faith that we wrote about. Um, Cool. But uh, in metaphor, you know. It's actually a literal song, but uh, you use them and you, you clip to things. But if you were to go climbing in an urban setting, it would be urban lobster claws. But that is still my first band. The ULC has still has a fan club to this day. Um, and uh, Ryan Hill often is on my, on my Instagram show, actually. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, let's, let's tease us. Let's talk about that. I'm all, well, I'm all about talking about exactly, it's like music. We, we go where the, the, the energy goes, you know. Um, you I like it. Instagram show. Na- name drop that and tell me what that is. Yeah. So once coronavirus started, I needed something else to do with my time. And um, I wanted to do, yeah, just the, this, uh, set, it's called the Abundance Livestream Sessions. And they're on my Instagram, which is samkaiser underscore music. Um, and you can look up some kinds of the wilderness party or anything like that to find it on Instagram. Um, but uh, it is, I host like for 15 minutes an open mic of musicians who I've met in my life all, from different bands I've been in and just other people in the Rochester music scene I've met. And we raise money for like nonprofits. Um, so the first couple of weeks we did Food Link NY, which, you know, is food scarcity, coronavirus, food scarcity, all those, all that stuff. And we raised, uh, I think in total about three or four hundred dollars in the two weeks that wow. we did with them. And Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. And then a couple of weeks after that for Earth Day, I did one with uh, the Finger Lakes Land Trust, which I'm going to do another one with in uh, nine days, the next Wednesday, um, the week after this. And they protect land in the Finger Lakes area. And I, I just uh, love land protection and reclamation and that kind of thing. Parks, uh, all that stuff. We raised uh, maybe 150 bucks for them last, I think it was 210 actually, uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And it's abundance live stream sessions and it's, it's rooted in abundance theory, which is like that um, I'm not asking for anything for myself and uh, putting off of an energy of, uh, of plenty rather than scarcity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that came from like a lot of people are asking for money like online as musicians. And I just felt um, strange about doing that it seems like everybody could be asking or not for money for various reasons for their jobs um, but I, I just rather because I didn't need to need money in this time that much I, I rather just raise money for other people mm-hmm. um, and have musicians on and I think uh, that way the thing that they're not asking for money for themselves they feel more comfortable just it being about their art um, now I want musicians to get paid more than anybody um, but it, somehow if that if like it was like a government grant you know that would allow them to pursue music and art in their own pacing of life that's something i would appreciate but yeah so i host a, an open mic and you can check it out on my instagram most wednesdays every other wednesday i post about it there awesome yeah the abundance live stream on instagram obviously look up sam kaiser for that and that's that's awesome man um i do believe that if you give more you receive more and it doesn't always happen overnight and you sometimes don't, you know, realize it's happening, but you know, you giving to these charities and having that abundance mentality that that's obviously a good thing that I surely believe is going to, you know, come back around and be a positive thing in the long run. So definitely appreciate that. Thanks. And um, another typical tangent. So we we've got other bands. We got other band names. We've got oh, the yeah. party and Sam Kaiser party. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yes, the party. Yes, <laughs> the the party and wilderness party 
is oh sam that, i i think i dropped the word wilderness just a second ago sorry about that i just oh, said sam kaiser party i think oh okay. yeah yeah the sam <laughs> kaiser party no that's cool <laughs> that would be like my birthday party <laughs> i don't care about that um so the party in the wilderness party is right. one yes a party of course music there's a party it's fun fun times um party is also like a gathering of people with like a mission like uh, like a questing party, you know, in the traditional sense. Um, and that, that root word, which then led, led of course, to political party. Um, we've already talked a little bit about politics. And um, yeah, it's the idea that like it's the wilderness party. It's like a political message and movement as well in, in favor of the wilderness in general. Um, but ultimately, I just like to not be in a two-party system. Um, of government, you know, first, you know, the American system is frustrating, but um, that's, that's where party comes from, all, all those different things. <laughs> and the party in the wilderness, you know, uh, parties in the wilderness are really fun things around a bonfire. And, and the, what I think one of the greatest parts about them is the edge of the party, where the woods begins. It really adds a, a layer of, um, of like, mystical otherness to this party where you can go out to the edge of the party where nobody is the place where the people end and the the not people begin is a cool line a cool transition line um you can't people try to get that at urban parties you know they'll go outside of the porch and smoke or whatever but it's Mm -hmm. it's just not quite the same thing um i highly recommend going to a party where at the edge of the party is the the absence of human settlement it's it's fun (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be more than just fun, the fact that you're partying, but the the night sky and everything that's involved, yeah. Somehow it makes you want to party even harder, <laughs> but in a good way, but in like a fun, uh, a like love everybody way, you know? Hey, it's a the perfect time for that message to be coming out because what better time when, you know, I... I support local. Mm-hmm. I love going to shows. I'll be at the bar till two. I'll I'll go to music festivals. But what better time to have a wilderness party than springtime during a quarantine, right? <laughs> yeah. Even if yeah, it's just with a couple friends or loved ones or people that are yeah. in your house, you know. Yeah. Well, and I know I've gone to like the Rochester parks almost every day, like in the past couple of weeks. Like go to the lake or go over or south other lakes <laughs> Canadigua, anything yeah actually it, don't i don't remember the names but they're cool places <laughs> yeah i i'm not a a pro but i'm born and raised in rochester so offline i'll i'll drop you some recommendations because nice. that's exciting you, you're seeing these places for the first time for the most part right yeah for, uh yeah definitely yeah. cool then i've got i've got some good recommendations for you nice Nice. Sweet, man. Well, when did you first, you know, know that you were drawn towards the, the wilderness, towards the outdoors? Is there a pivotal moment in your childhood? Did it just kind of come naturally? What, what brought you into the wilderness in the first place? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I actually, when I went to college, I was uh, like a sustainability I was versed in sustainability, but not very, not a very outdoorsy person overall. Um, I like wanted to be, but not, not in actuality. And I took this environmental environment and philosophy course, uh, uh, freshman year. And that really brought in the philosophy of the environment. Um, you know, the deep ecologists, ecologists are Ness and Sigmund Kvalloy. They're the Scandinavian theorists. Um, you know, John Muir, Ella Leopold, preservationist, conservationist. Uh, but going beyond that uh, to the theories of like Timothy Morton today, um, say just like deep ecology and, and really thinking about things holistically. And it, w- it was a part of, of the movement that really um, like crunchy granola people today, like I don't know how to categorize them without like using some stereotypical word because like that's kind of how we do things these days. Sure. No, I don't believe in isms, but um uh they part of like that whole movement um is based in like deep ecology theory. And I was like this is something that I find really interesting and engaging and I want to be part of it. And my studies like kind of took off from there. Um yeah. 
It's beautiful, man. We're happy you went through that journey and brought you here today. I think um, let's uh, let's play a song for everyone. How's that sound? Cool. Um, giving it away to can we play a section of that? Yeah. Awesome. Um, is this a a live album we can buy? Is it an EP? Uh, so this is tell me album. about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, Sam Kaiser and the Vagabonds was my band then. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it is the whole album's on Spotify on Apple you can get it anywhere um, it yeah, it was like my first attempt at recording my songs awesome yeah this is uh, not the full track because you're going to want to go and check it out uh, online on Spotify or wherever you get your music but let's listen to Giving It Away by Sam Kaiser and the Vagabonds Giving It Away My Conscience Giving It Away My Awesome, man. I like that track. Yeah, thanks, man. Ton Appreciate of fun. It. Ton of fun. Um, a lot of things stuck out. Um, I can't quote them because, uh, shoot, that was awesome, though, man. Um, what, what was the Reagan line right, th- right at the start yeah. of that clip? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, ex- exactly. So, the solo, the, that solo was actually my friend Zach. Um, and I'll tie this in, but he's a phenomenal musician. And um, the Reagan line is, so I, there's this quote out there um, and it's attributed to Reagan. That is like uh, a man can go anywhere if he doesn't care who gets the credit, uh, more or less paraphrased. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that line, you know, um, that, you know, Reagan was, was president of the United States. Oh no, I think you froze on me. Oh yeah? Yeah. I think you're back. I'm back. Cool. Yeah. Well, so I mean <laughs> I want to listen to a certain extent to what he has to say because he ended up being president, so he must be doing something right at some point. Sure. But um the thing is that that line, um, like it's so ironic because that line is attributed to not just Reagan, but lots of people. Like you can find that quote, um, quoted by you know like ben franklin or you know anybody you know like fdr may have said it who knows and, and it's really ironic because it whoever said that quote wouldn't care anyway who got the credit about saying that quote mm-hmm. because the quote itself is who cares who got the credit and then people were trying to accredit it to people <laughs> and people also argue all the time about reagan's uh, reputation and trying to give him credit for things both positive and negative 
where if he said that, he wouldn't really care if he had got any of the credit, and that was the point in, in the first place. But my friend Zach heard that line, and he was like, is that a line about Reagan's irresponsible fiscal policy? And I, and I was like, actually, I had never thought of that. So maybe if you don't care about the credit, get it. Maybe I didn't get it the whole time. I didn't get my own line because he was very irresponsible in his fiscal policy. But hmm. does he care? If that was his line, he wouldn't. And so who cares? Awesome. Anyway, yeah. it's a microcosm of giving things yeah. away in terms of Buddhist attachment, but also that it's gifts we give to the world. And if we have negativity, should we share it or keep it to ourselves? You know, that kind of thing. Letting things go plus offering them up, you know, and the, and the irony in that. Yeah, I mean, a sense of detachment from ownership. You know, these aren't my words. This isn't my song. It's a collection of everything I've learned and I've heard. And, you know, it's going to be repeated and it's going to be morphed and changed. Uh, kind of like any storytelling or anything in yeah. history, right? Um, yeah. So and that's kind of what you're doing with the, the abundant stream. Mm-hmm. Your guys are creating music to give away to charities yeah, i'm trying to yeah um but yeah people hear that reagan line and they sometimes they'll like get a little tense like oh what's he saying about this <laughs> in fact the opposite is true <laughs> what are your thoughts on you know being political being outspoken in your music or do you feel uh you know tension that you're going to you know cut your fan base in half if you make a certain statement or alienate yourself from certain fans? Are you open and excited to ultimately spread word and spread a message and use that medium to do it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So, well, I don't think that I am going to have success being like a non-opinionated person like mm. anyway, like that's kind of who I am. And controversial statements uh, get attention all the time, you know, like, um, I mean, that was Trump's whole thing, you know, like, who cares how many people are pissed off if you like get a certain number of people on your side? Sure. (laughs) Anyway, um, I don't want to turn people off to to views. And so I try to, um, especially in my original songs, they're fairly specific, but I try to be like more broad now. And um, like the most recent song I wrote, like a, a bit more uh, just like you can interpret it any way you want, but I want to invoke a feeling that make people question things. Overall, I want people to be brought in so they can consider new subjects. But if I didn't think that there was things to consider, I wouldn't write anything anyway. You know, then why would I, either I'm writing it just because it's fun, um, which it is, um, or I'm writing it just because I want to be famous and I'm definitely not doing it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like some people, like I would, I rather start a dialogue, you know, and a lot of people like don't seek to understand first. Of course, they put their judgment first, but like I, I just can't, I, I can't do anything about that, you know, other than write the songs that they're judging, saying don't don't judge them as they're judging them. They, you know, I don't <laughs> know. The irony lost. <laughs> There's a lot of irony in, but advice I've heard many of times from many different places is ultimately, if you speak your truth and you write music and speak things that are true to you, there is a pack, so many people just like you that will be in agreement. And by, you know, being true to yourself, you're actually reaching out and making a better change. You can't be too afraid to offend anyone or say something wrong because then you'll never actually find these people that think very similarly and kind of boggle the minds and get people thinking that might disagree with you, you know, maybe just opening that conversation. Um, Yeah. My biggest concern though is offending the hell out of someone or saying something wrong that is unquestionably unquestionably bad or or ignorant or or rude similar to it it did work for donald trump where he polarized the nation yeah Yeah, he's completely (laughs) polarized the nation and (laughs) came up on top so it's another big existential question as should we be polarizing 
Should we right. find that happy medium? I, I mean, it, it's got to be a little bit of both. Well, I mean, and he's totally fearless, except for like his one great fear of uh, one of few, which, which would be like the fear of being a failure or like of being a loser, you know, <laughs> that he constantly lives out all the time. But um, I mean, that's all stuff that's like the wilderness, you know, interpersonal stuff is because we are different to each other as well. You know, we are not ourselves and opening yourself up to someone else's opinion puts us out of control and that gives uh, that gives a lot of people anxiety you know they're not used to it we tend to be around people who have the same values as us and talking to people who don't can be um that can be the wilderness you know Mm -hmm. can be uncomfortable um i'd love to start those conversations um and yeah Sometimes it seems like the people who follow Trump rather than like a blue red thing, it's like people who have actually decided not to listen to new ideas almost, which is disheartening. But um, I don't want to categorize all of them. I'm happy. Like to, if that challenges some of them to want to listen to new ideas, then like, let's go for it. <laughs> but um, if someone says something that challenges my own belief, then hopefully I, I want to understand where they're coming from. Maybe I can learn something like I am not going to, have a line where I'm like, that's where you're wrong. I'm not like seeking to find, figure out where mm-hmm. they're wrong. I, I want to know where I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, early on, um, before, during the election cycle, um, went to Arizona to see family and very simply put, their reality was far different than me as an upstate New Yorker. And having those conversations is always a positive thing. Yeah. Coronavirus has brought reality to us in a way where we can actually see it for ourselves. And I think that will help. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, it's true. Like maybe even I'm not right in saying that it's preferential to be open to new ideas. You know, some people (laughs) might not think that it's preferential to be open to new ideas. And uh, how am I supposed to convince them that if that's a new idea for them? (laughs) That's, that's a very good point. I'll tell I'll tell you firsthand I'm slow to jump onto something as in I I have my routines I have my habits um I like to have a little bit of control in my mornings and my day mm-hmm. and when you throw me a curveball I sometimes don't want to swing at it I want to let it go because yeah. it's something different but you know creating that awareness it's those baby steps, you know, it's those, those little wins yeah. in opening people's minds. And no matter your religious viewpoint, your political viewpoint, I would have yeah. to agree that coronavirus and everything that's happened has got everybody self-reflecting a little bit more and um, thinking about some of those bigger picture things that they maybe didn't consider at one point. Yeah, I'm really interested in statistical research and stuff um, mm. about the environment and also about values. I learned a lot about values while I was working in like therapy kind of things. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish there, I want to figure out if there's a way in, in research and in university academic structure to quantify the effect of values that mm. people hold. Like, can we can we perceive trends in communities based on holding certain values higher than others or something? Um, And then could we root them in things that we, most of us find beneficial versus that we don't like quality of life and happiness and things like that. Um, Because values certainly have uh, like positive impacts in our, in our lives, lots of situations like uh, I'd say Eastern philosophy coming to the Western society, Buddhism and all those things Mm -hmm. had a a very positive impact in my approximation on a lot of people's lives, detachment and uh, harmony and and cohesion with nature. Yoga. I mean, yoga came from that. I think yoga is positive for people, Um, but can we quantify that? You know, can we quantify saying like if this person lists security in their top 10 values, they actually have a lower quality of life. That's just like a, an idea like a a really rough hypothesis but but i want to do that you know um and especially collect the values of obscure uh obscure villages of people who live in far off corners of the world Mm -hmm. yeah because they have some there's some cool ones like like uh hugay i don't know if you know about hugay 
No, I don't. Hygge, spelled H-Y-G-G-E, uh, short for hygge, which is the Danish word for like a comfort, comfort, happy, indoor, fun, cozy times. Mm. And um, that's a word. And it's like uh, really popular in England right now. They're like all on their, their hygge trend. You know, it's like the... The, the Great British Baking Show and stuff. It's like pop culture is huge. Lavish. Um, yeah. Or there's another word in Swedish culture, lagom, which is just enough. Um, it's not as popular these days because um, it was co-opted by some political movements, but hmm. it's about humility and like uh, sharing and that kind of thing. That's m- massively interesting. Everybody's going to you know, wave a flag of a different value as to their predictions as to what is the best or the worst. And just the concept of rating things in a, I'm very statistical rational as well, but the concept of rating a value higher than another one, how is that data ever going to be perfect? It never will. And based on your geography, East versus West, whether you're raised in a tribe where there's a child born and the entire tribe raises that child is very different than a Western philosophy where you have a homestead, you have parents and a mom and a dad that your values are ultimately brought by. Um, It's tough. I, I did read a lot recently and it's a little bit of a pivot, but a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and very simply put, um, valuing growth and having the want and will that it will get better. Like I can't do this yet versus I can't do this is massive. And I'm curious if there's certain values and certain cultures that tend to more growth and expansion versus rigid, you know, good for I'm either smart or I'm dumb kind of concept. Cause nothing is worse for a child than, thinking that they're dumb when they're really just fine, you know? And and the burden on the scientists there is to like figure out how can we cut away the control? How can we make control variables and make it so like we can discern elements of actual viewable impact. But of course, some people might not value growth at all. You know, like mm-hmm. some people say, I don't care about growth. <laughs> I do care about growth. Yes. Growth mindset. Great, great tool to use. Um, has helped me a lot. Now, um, the rate of growth is frustrating to me sometimes. Sure. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I can learn this, but like, it's going to take a long time and I, it's not as fast as that other person. Um, <laughs> can we have a rate of growth mindset? That's something <laughs> I would like. Teach me how to grow faster. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and well, that's why, you know, a headline like learn Spanish in seven days oh, or, yeah. oh, or master the guitar in just three easy steps, it markets well because people do want that quicker fix. I don't think we can get a quick fix. No. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of tools though. There are a lot of tools to turbocharge. Um, yeah. I like chatting with you because uh, you, you think existentially. You obviously are reading, thinking about these big ideas. And one thing I've always thought about is just how fortunate we are mm-hmm. to have so much so many books and so many YouTube videos and podcasts and documentaries where what took someone 30 years to figure out, you're not going to figure it out in five, but they'll give you the answer in five hours. And it's just the question of if, are are we going to, you know, hammer on and do it or not? Um, I think coronavirus is challenging everybody. I don't know about you. I've been going through, times where I'm hyper lazy to times where I want to be hyper productive. Have you kind of had that emotional tailspin uh, tail as well? Or are you a little more stable than I am, mm. I guess? Maybe like a underlying, a low underlying laziness of, mm-hmm. of like acceptance. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's some days it are rougher than others. Like where you feel like uh, not good about yourself. I feel not good about myself because like, just the things that make me feel good, I don't get to do very many of. Sure. Um, you know, dopamine is a chemical where we, we do something and then we get a response, Like, but it, it involves other people, you know. I want to see that, I want to connect with other people and have new ideas and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we have so much at our fingertips in terms of information. And now we're almost coming upon this new question, which is like, uh, it doesn't really seem like people are utilizing those resources to the best of their abilities. And so why, why is that? Like, it feels almost as if we have too much. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so maybe it's about generating that discipline to actually learn. Or maybe it's being intentional of like learning, well, why am I reading this? Why do I feel like I should learn about this? Like, how do I focus my time? Because there's so much um, that it, it almost makes it just overwhelming. It seems like some people... Like yeah, you have to decide what you're going to f- focus on, and then mm-hmm. um, certainly, like it's not like we're living in some like information utopia where everybody is like super educated. We live in an information utopia where everyone could be educated, but um, everyone is not. And why is that? <laughs> yeah, you know, content overload. There's. I'm releasing a podcast, so maybe I'm part of the issue. It's content overload. There's so much information coming at us at all times. It goes back to your message, man. Sometimes people just got to go back to the wilderness. Yes, and I often think about that. Like, do I just want to add my voice to like the cacophony of people like shouting, like you need to do something online? Like, so I I try to say like we should all stop talking, like say that we're going to say less or just like act it out. Um, Cause it's like ironic. Like how can I extol a message of no, of like say less. <laughs> um, but I try to live that in my life and like find a balance. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's true. Like there, there is a lot out there. <laughs> it's fun though, man. Um, for, whether it's music or just personal, what, what's exciting you, man? What what does the future hold? Uh, be be it at a record, more music with the the wilderness yeah. party. Um, what's yeah. exciting you, man? What what's going on? Yeah, the future definitely holds warm weather for sure. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah! Uh, but I am um, I am looking at recording some of my own stuff. Um, I. I would love to be able to record music at my own speed and then have it like have that control um, in, in terms of, like I said, that solo in that last song was my friend Zach. Like I love having other people add their unique touch to songs, mm-hmm. but I want more control uh, right now in the balance of control versus freedom of expression. Um, when you're forced to go into a studio and just record it really quickly and maybe everyone does other parts and I, I'm being charged by the hour and stuff like that. Uh, I, I just feel a little bit of pressure to cut some corners and um, I'm a person with a lot of vision and I, I want to go even slower. Um, so that is what I, I am like excited about that. And uh, um, feeling more grateful for all those things I took for granted before this thing happened, um, which would be nice. <laughs> Yeah, perfect, man. Uh, sharpen the saw, get everything fine-tuned and perfect. You got plenty of time to focus on that. Yeah. It, it's exciting. So um, in a moment for the Facebook audience, anybody watching live or watching later, I'm going to have you play some tunes if you don't mind and um, kind of have a private performance for anyone watching here today. Um, but before that, one big question I do ask every single guest and yes. it's if you had a billboard, busy road, um, believe it or not, every kind of person imaginable, every race, every ethnicity, uh, everywhere from the wor- in the world, all ages, young and old, male and female, um, everyone, all intellects, you only got one message. You've got one opportunity to reach millions, if not billions of people. Um, whether it's a, a phrase, a sentence, a word, what would you put on that billboard? And uh, what force for change would you put on that billboard? What what speaks to you in that regard, Sam? Yeah, I thought about this. It's a good question, especially for like musicians, because you know we're like trying to or podcast or anybody trying to put off a message. Um, 
I, I want to game the system and like have like a rotating video, you know. But if it was like one <laughs> no, state, let's let's one, yeah. So I was gonna say go for it. I kind of want to hear where you're going Dang. with that. The question then is who gets to decide? You know what goes on this giant viewfinder screen? Like I would love to have evidence of climate change, just like a glacier melting. <laughs> like, but like who gets to decide what's important? You know, do we could we vote on it democratically? Everyone gets like a little clicker on their. Uh, not even on their phone because not everyone in the world has a phone. But I would love to have a dem- democracy, pure democracy to figure out what people think they need to see. Um, other than that, like maybe a statement that just says like, uh, know what you're afraid of kind of thing. Because um, one thing that goes back to, we have so much things to like pay attention to. There's this guy, philosopher, psychologist, Maslow. He made the Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. He would say that uh, one of the greatest reasons people aren't getting educated is because they have underlying emotional stress that they are running away from. And that makes it, they don't have enough time to focus on education because they are uh, wrapped up in uh, achieving self-esteem and love and belonging for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so like learning, I think one of the biggest things we can do is learn about our emotional pain and the things that we are personally scared and afraid of and try to use like meditation to get in touch with the things that drive us and see if they're driving us where we want to go. And then once we learn those things, we can act intentionally in our values and uh, be much more effective learners also. Go inward first. Absolutely, man. Beautiful. Uh, We talked about it earlier, but where should people find you? What's the best way to reach out? So um, probably my Instagram, which is, uh, you can look up Sam Kaiser, Sam Kaiser in the Wilderness Party, Sam Kaiser underscore music. Uh, That's where I most frequently post things. And when I have stuff like Register Groovecaster, the Abundance Livestream Sessions, I'll post it there. Awesome. Awesome. And also Spotify. You can find me on Spotify, Sam Kaiser. Awesome. Perfect. Rochester Groovecast is easy. Just Google it, Facebook, Instagram, Mm -hmm. all that stuff, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, I want to give you the last moment here. You can play as long as you want. Do you have an idea? I definitely want to hear you play one more tune, Um, but we got people watching live on Facebook, so we can kind of have a watch party with some more music if you'd like. What is up, everyone? Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope everyone's staying healthy. I hope everyone's staying well, uh, rocking and rolling as they always do. Um, If you haven't noticed from previous episodes or this one, we do have private performances on the live stream. Every episode currently is being streamed on Zoom and casted onto Facebook as well. Uh, So you ultimately want to go to Facebook and look up Rochester Groovecast. You want to stay in touch with every episode because that's where you get the the private performances. You get uh, the before and after the filming of the podcast and all the extra stuff that I know you'll love. But I do want to give you one more song. Um, Not the full track, but a snippet, uh, another snippet from Sam Kaiser. This next song is You Can't Catch Me. Again, Sam Kaiser, newest band, Sam Kaiser and the Wilderness Party. Check out Sam Kaiser online. Check out his Instagram uh, for his live streams, so on and so forth. And excited to have had him on the show. Let's listen to You Can't Catch Me by Sam Kaiser. So are we aiming to be aimless or are we famous for the fameless? Is that a responsible response? Still questing for the aesthetic, but questioning which diuretic helps separate my own ideas from cons. Well, I'll see it when I believe it, and it's easier done than said. 
You can look the man right in the eye You put your hands up over him When you're lying on the pavement Look up through the dark brief. Where did I find that guitar And when did I climb that tree You can get the guns if they run But you can't get No, you can't catch me Cause I'm already free How it ought to be No, you can't catch me Sugar in 